Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, folks, welcome back to the latest uh, Mount Westwire basketball podcast. We're back. It took a day to kind of figure out what's going on here. Eli Betker, joining myself, Jeremy Moss. Um, you doing good? Yeah, I'm doing well. Nevada uh, fans? Ooh, sorry. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, another crazy week in the Mountain West. We're back down to 10 head coaches after UNLV's filled. And then the other Nevada school, the Wolfpack, now are looking for a new head coach. So, yeah, this uh, we had our show last week. And we were talking about, oh, let's see, you go to Arkansas, serious candidate. He's in Arkansas. He's not in Arkansas. He... Happened to geotag his one sheet tweet to show he's in town still, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it came it became official. And I kind of mentioned to not say you called it, but Final Four weekend, all the coaches are in Minneapolis essentially. And I don't know if Muslim was out there because when you saw the tweets or videos, Arkansas AD was in Reno to pick him up on the plane. There, I tweeted one of the videos on the article I wrote about him leaving. So I don't know if he's in Minneapolis and back quickly or whatever, but. He's gone. Arkansas has a new head coach, and Musselman is on his way out after four really, really good years in Nevada basketball. So, congrats. Yeah, it's uh, it was a weird deal because, well, first off, I don't think many thought when the regular season ended that, or, or just when the season ended, that Musselman was going to be eyeing the Arkansas job. It was more like UCLA or some of the other SEC jobs that would open up. LSU and then, maybe. Yeah, LSU if it would have with Will Wade. But then Arkansas made this big push, and we heard all those rumors on April 1st that Musselman was going to like be a pretty serious candidate for the Arkansas vacancy, and I, I wasn't sure exactly how much stock to put into that. But I did talk to a lot of people that said that it was pretty legit. And then it seemed to kind of fade a little bit, and then Arkansas was – Speaking to other guys, like Greg Marshall was involved to some extent. I heard Richard Patino's name come up, like a lot of other guys that were mentioned. And uh, then, oh, was it Sunday morning, you wake up and you see Eric Musselman's going to be in- introduced as the new Arkansas head coach. So I don't really know what Arkansas's direction with this whole thing was. I think with Chris Beard, the Texas Tech head coach, continuing to advance he, in that tournament. No, stop. He was not going to yeah. Arkansas. No, anybody well, saying I, that? I didn't come think on. so, but but they were definitely going to try to get him. I, yeah. I, I don't think you could even possibly get him, but I I mean, look what, look what UCLA has done this offseason. Like, a lot of these <laughs> programs have no idea where they actually stand in the, in the great realm of things, and I think uh, just almost all these programs think they can get a better head coach than they actually can. Because Arkansas, as I mentioned, they're basically UNLV with a little bit more success in a better conference and could pay more money. But historically wise, they're pretty comparable for what they've won 20 plus years ago in the nineties. And now they the same, but I saw like Chris Beard thing. I'm like, really Texas Tech's going to pay more money. They're in the big 12. Um, it's not like who was it? Brad Stevens with Butler. He could have gone to any job. He went to the NBA. And so unless you're getting a team that's not even going to agree, I mean, say Nevada went to the final four. Yeah. That's a big pick or some, you, mm-hmm. Some other school that's not typically a huge power or in a huge conference, like you know, I mean, like whatever, just schools in that round. Trying to think of random schools, George Mason years ago, stuff like that, where they make the Final Four, not supposed to, 
or Shaka Smart having multiple attorney runs with VCU. They made a final Loyola. four, right? Yeah, Loyola, yeah. Didn't Shaka make a final four with VCU? Yes. Mm-hmm. Starting it for the opening weekend all the way. So yeah. stuff like that. And it took him a while to go there. And so if you're doing that, but Texas, I get it. Texas Tech is not an amazing basketball school, but it's, if people realize it's been well above average for a very long time. It's not like it's been what, I don't know, a Baylor or some schools in the Big 12, Texas A&M, who hasn't really been good ever. Texas Tech has typically been like a top three or four going back to the Southwest Conference and winning those league titles. So it's not like a no-name school. It's just in the middle of nowhere, and they happen to be are just okay, and they just broke through this year. So yeah. it's not like he's coming from Iowa State or something, you know what I mean, where they're just about, you know what I mean? So but the him going to Arkansas, there's always going to be interest. But Texas Tech could match anything Arkansas has. Yeah, so. I wasn't I wasn't really sold on Beard going to Arkansas at the end of the day because it, I mean if you can, what four years ago he wasn't even coaching D one basketball and the progression that he's had within just Texas Tech itself now mm-hmm. getting them to the national title game last year the Elite Eight, I didn't really think that there was much of a chance that he would even consider going to Arkansas. But again, these programs like to push for coaches that might be a bit out of their. Uh, like out of the realm of what they can do. But for Arkansas to end up with a head coach like Eric Musselman and what the SEC has done this offseason as a whole to bring in all these fantastic head coaches, it's it's going to be a really stacked and competitive conference moving forward. One thing I saw you tweet about and mentioned, we mentioned UCLA being a weird mm-hmm. job. Rick Barnes might be heading to UCLA. Yeah, that's, and that, yeah, that was something that I brought up uh, last night, which I thought was kind of an interesting deal because uh, I thought Musselman could have been capable of picking up a job that at least had more prominence than Arkansas. Not to say that that isn't a great job and a good pickup for him, but recent success wise. Yes. Yes, of course. And with Rick Barnes now being rumored to be a very serious candidate at UCLA, you have to wonder at least for now, whether Musselman would have liked to have waited to see what would unfold there. And if, I mean, Musselman, I think if Tennessee were to open up, I think Musselman would definitely be one of the, strong contenders to get that job in Tennessee it has just is a better overall job than what Arkansas is so it's kind of an interesting deal yeah especially the past couple of years they were ranked number mm-hmm. one for a couple of weeks this year yep they I know Arkansas has a national title but Tennessee has been up there like after like SEC is kind of weird in basketball who who do you think is the number two team typically in SEC is it Tennessee after Kentucky I would say Florida would say maybe yeah Florida's the, got yeah Florida's got a good program usually yeah so it's like it's up there, and and while Kentucky wins all the time, they can lose regular season. They didn't win the regular season title this year. Wasn't that technically LSU? Mm-hmm. It was. So, yeah. And so it's like, well, Kentucky's out there with Calipari, Calipari but Tennessee, like they're consistent NCAA tournament uh, teams, regional semifinals a couple of times, regional final in the past decade. So it's slightly better right now, especially winning thirty one games the past year. But Musselman goes to Nevada or goes to leaves Nevada for Arkansas. Let me ask you this. Let's just say, let's have some fun with this. If Rick Barnes leaves, would Tennessee give a call to Arkansas and say, hey, hey, Muss, want to move over a time zone or something? Move yeah, over. <laughs> I, that came to mind. Yeah, it came to mind. Sucker. I, I wouldn't be shocked. Chris Beard, UNLV, come on, stuff happens. Yeah, it happens. It does happen. And especially some of these coaches at the mid-major ranks that sign these extensions this offseason and then they were offered by power conference programs and bounce. Like that happened to Nate Oates at Buffalo and mm-hmm. he's now headed, um, where is it? Alabama. Alabama, yeah, that's right. So uh, it's, I mean, it's not really a done deal until it really is. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But if I'm Tennessee and that job opens up I, with Musselman, because he 
definitely has had some indecision about this. Sports at least giving him a call and seeing what's going on there. Yeah, I'm not sure what happened there. Just let me bring it up because honestly, contracts are worthless. There's always a buyout you can get out of it, unless I guess you're Jamie Dixon, New CLA's two yeah, to pay it. Right. Yeah, it's like well, good on them. TCU put into something that's like eight million. It's still you still like could pay that in a heartbeat if they really want to. But I think Rick Barnes is a better choice if they get him instead of Jamie Dixon. But that's mm-hmm. just me. So as for Nevada, here's what we got. So he left yesterday, Sunday. We're doing this Monday, what, April 8th, 9th, whatever. Week of the Final Four night. Hey, maybe we'll get a quick prediction <laughs> later for that game because that'll be a, a slog fest of who gets to 100 total points. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. But for Nevada, so Musselman leaves. Not, again, it's not overly shocking leaves. Maybe the destination because I figured you probably as well. More of a, he's only been east to LSU, Baton Rouge, that's it. He's been there for one year at LSU, right? And then Arizona State, been NBA West Coast, or obviously Nevada, doing a couple of things here and there, NBA-wise. But it's a new place for him to go. They offer him the money. Let's start there because you know Nevada. Sorry, not you know Apologies profusely about that. Uh, he's making about a mil- about a million a year. <laughs> he's getting now two and a half million per year. So two and a half is um two two point five of his contract. That's a pretty big reason, big deal to leave, right? Money talks. Two and a half million bucks. Yeah. Do you do you know the cost of living difference between Reno and Fayetteville? I I wonder if it's a bit less. I'll look at that if you want to continue. It's probably some pretty. Stuff. Yeah, it's pretty comparable. I'd say it's pretty close. We'll look that up as we're going along here. But he leaves for that mm-hmm. amount of money. Which can you blame him? Because also it's a better job than Cal last year, right? That he basically pulled his name out of mm-hmm. to interview. So uh, I, I got the I got the number here. It's oh, Sixty thousand dollars in Reno would decrease to about forty thousand nine hundred dollars in Fayetteville. Uh, so is that a bet? Okay, I'm trying to figure out. Is that worse? More expensive then? Yeah, yeah 60K. So basically, 60K gets you 40K from Reno to Arkansas. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's, it's more expensive there. Okay, that's a, that's a big jump. But, but, he does get a, but he does get a price increase for sure. Obviously, yeah. The mm-hmm. <laughs> price yeah. increase. So yeah, so yeah it's like, um, no, mm-hmm. yes. it's Unless you were getting the same amount of money, that's an issue. It's like some people, hey, if you go to New York City, if you go to California, you got the all extra taxes or city tax, county tax, each way your money. I'm like, well... You're making two million a year. You're okay. Yeah, not, not so crying. Fayette, for... It says Fayetteville is thirty-one point eight percent cheaper than Reno. Oh, cheaper? I thought you said more expensive. Oh uh, no, I get no. I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's, I, it's confusing. I always look at it because if you make forty k in, in Arkansas, it equals sixty k. Mm-hmm. So okay, so sixty yeah. k. Okay, yeah. So it's okay. Very good. Good for you. That's why I figured. I'm like, wait, because Reno. So that's that's a really good jump, actually. Yeah, I'm moving. To, I'm moving to Fayetteville pretty soon. I can get some good <laughs> deals there. Yeah. <laughs> But so he gets some money, and do you think like do, we don't really know why he left? The press conference is later today, and if you're Nevada Sports Net, sorry, your Twitter is being manhandled today. <laughs> but what do you think is key? Re- I, I I got my key reasons. He probably left. He loses all five starters, which is a big deal. And when you play seven guys, maybe seven and a half, <laughs> it's kind of hard to. There's talent there, obviously. Transfers who are eligible, players on the team. We know there's talent there. Like Jordan Brown, hardly played. And he is a five-star McDonald's All-American, highly recruited good player. So I think he could have left for, okay, all these guys are gone. This is probably my best team ever. And yes, they only lost four times in the regular season. They still couldn't crack very high. They got only five seed, probably because he lost late. And then there's money and less pressure to Arkansas. Even though when Arkansas wants to get back to what they were Nolan Richardson back in the late 90s, or mid-90s, I should say, you can win. You can win twenty games and be fine. You just got to make the NCAA tournament. Which, if you're in a power conference, you can do okay. Stumble ten times and not and not be uh, on your way on the outside, assuming your schedule is reasonably. Basically, as long as you have a 
schedule is what 250 better a pencom non-conference you're good to go because your yeah, regular much. your actual conference season will get you probably top 50 schedule and balance out so i think those are three main reasons you would have decided to leave yeah I, I, that's fair and i know losing the pieces this year is is pretty significant with losing martin twins caroline thurman all those guys that's a, that's a lot that's a lot to lose in one off season but I still thought the ceiling was pretty high for this team this following year. Uh, I know a lot of people thought that they would probably take a step back, but I thought Nevada could probably contend for the Mountain West title again. So uh, it's it's uh, not, like you said, it's not unexpected. Uh, we've kind of figured that he was really gaining some traction with some of these power conference schools, and we thought that this year might be the jump. We thought the last two years actually could could be a jump as well. Uh, but I guess he found something in Arkansas that he finds desirable and it was the right time for him to go because you do have to think, though, even though I was pretty high on this team heading into 1920, if they did sputter, maybe not get to the NCAA tournament, if they kind of fell apart and, and had a uh, lackluster year, then then Musselman's stock goes way down. And then you have to wonder how much of Nevada's success you know, comes down to him. And it's like that's not something that... I would propose, but it's probably in the back of some people's minds. And so uh, it's it was the right time for him to jump, and that kind of goes back to the column that I wrote. Either you have to determine right now whether you're going to be a legacy coach like a Mark Few or a Greg Marshall, or if you're going to um, choose that the time is now to move the jump, and, and that's what he decided to do. I would say, because the Mark Few thing is a little different. Not different, but... It is well. It is. It is different. It's a different situation. Well, I mean, longer term success. So, like, he had opportunities years ago and wanted to stay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, it wasn't like he he sustained success. They pay him well enough. So, here's what I'm thinking. Like, for him, like, I would have felt. I, I probably because. Well, I'm trying to gather my thoughts coherently here. <laughs> had he made a final four this year, I'm betting he would stay. He realized, holy crap! I lose four games, get a five seed, lose two down the stretch, and. I mean, get a lower seed than he thought. Not a five seed, sorry. A what, a seven seed? What seven, it? yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, heck, I'll lose four games, regular season or whatever. Yeah, I get a seven seed. I was ranked top 10 most of the year. I can't get it done here because I have to either schedule extremely hard or go be perfect. And that's, it's like, it's hard to go perfect every year when you're, you know what I mean? That, there's a lot, that's the pressure aspect going back to that where, hey, you have to be. Like, had they gone, let's just say, for example, with their schedule, I know they tried with Arizona State, Utah, USC. They played Grand Canyon. Um, who else they play? South Dakota State South was on there, too. Yeah, and they're a tournament team, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they played some decent teams. Um, but what does he get to do to get, like, a high, high seed? Because Mark Gonzaga could schedule those games. Nevada can't, couldn't get those games in yet. So what do you got to do? If they gone 30-2 and two this year, or would, would they have been still a three seed, four seed? Yeah, I mean, probably, probably around there. And so there's that, point. which is an issue, a tough, tough issue. But what I'm getting at, like, I think had they made a deep run and see, okay, we can do this here, he, I'd say he would have been more likely to stay because Nevada probably could have paid him one and a half million. I'm assuming the donors paid three hundred fifty thousand of this prior contract to get him to a million dollars, and so they could have upped the pay that way. They got more money from attorney credits by going that far for the for the university, and he's like, okay, I can win. But then again, if he was all five starters. That's I think that's more yep. of the issue with his limited playing time of players. Losing all those players is more of an issue. But I think had they made a like losing first round crap, I had a great year, but last year proved they can coach, stuff like that. And we knew he could coach, but that's you know, I'm getting at losing the talent mm-hmm. and not going far, 
next year, this is probably, seriously, his best time to go anywhere because next year the team still probably be, assuming transfers and all that stuff going on right now because players may leave because he's gone. Let's just say they're, they get third in the Mountain West. Like, well, he's not going to get a good job as Arkansas if he finishes third and goes to NIT. This is the mm-hmm. time to go if he's going to go. Outside of, like I said, him going to Elite Eight, Final Four, then Nevada can pay him just enough to keep him in town and want to stay to build. So, Do you think, because we know that next year's team, and, and piece it will probably change between now and then, but mm-hmm. do you think with next year's team not being as talented as this past year's, if you were to do something similar, maybe like win 14 or 15 games in conference again and, and get to the tournament, do you think that would be like i don't know how to phrase it exactly but do you think that would be a more formidable look in the eyes of the other like athletic directors think that okay this guy can really really coach because he took a team with not nearly as much talent and got them to about the same benchmark yeah coaches wise obviously because if it Mm -hmm. was like some guy or random person who's uh it'll just say just like a nevada basketball fan or new school axe fan it's like why are we bringing this guy where he lost in first NCAA tournament in this past year. Because people mm-hmm. like the guy, what Wolford does, what guys who make deep runs from these smaller schools get to call up. And so from a coaching, like if you're a hiring guy, yeah, it makes sense. He had he played seven guys last year, lost all five starters, still had a season that was 20, probably that gets him, what, 23 wins, whatever? Something in our mm-hmm. range, 24? Yeah, probably. That would, yeah, that would be a better coaching jo- coaching achievement, I would say. Just because of roster turnover and stuff, then keep in your studs for every couple of years, every yeah. two, three years in a row. So, no, I from from but for the fan perspective, like, well, who's this guy? He won Mountain West eleven seed, lost the first round by by two points to somebody, or won one tourney game. It's like, well, who is he? Yeah, but, I, I think from like more of a national perspective, and I know that like localizing within the conference, there's a a lot of disappointment probably surrounding Nevada and what their season was, but a lot of people. I think out of market know what this team accomplished last year. They know a lot about the Martin twins and Caroline and they know that this team was ranked in the top 10 throughout the season. And so I think when you combine all that, even though the end of the year was kind of a flame out for the wolf pack, if you add all the parts together to what Musselman has done the last four years, I think it just completely suits what a power conference program would be looking at um, in Musselman and his staff. So I think it's a good pickup for them and it makes a lot of sense for both parties. No, it certainly does. And, like, we know the national reach of Muslim, but I'm just going, like, what if you – like, you're bright. Like, what if he has just an okay year? Like, okay, yeah. NCAA tournament bid with only 22 wins. Yeah, of course. And that's kind of getting out. It's like I want the big name on the guy who's hot who goes to the – like, last year, like, the uh, Illinois-Chicago coach. He stayed around, didn't he? He didn't yeah, go anywhere. Did. So stuff like that. Like, that's when typically – it's also weird, too, where we know, at least for Nevada's perspective, I don't know what that coach did prior. I think they're usually pretty good. But it's not like a coach where why are you giving this guy a big time job where it's just say let's just say TJ who went to UNLV did a good job, say he won went to the lead eight this year, and I know they had NCAA tournament success before, but like literally out of the blue success where it's either first, second, or third year, and and that final year wins like two or three games. Those are that's that's a more odd hire than Musselman who's built up from CBI four years. I know TJ he still went to tournament a couple of times, but you get my point. A new coach. Yeah takes over for, let's just say coach, I don't remember, what, what do you remember what VCU did the first year when Shaka left? Do you ha- happen to know offhand at all? Uh, I think they still got to the tournament or at least competed for a tournament bid. Yeah, something like that. But let's just say like when, the, when Bucknell beat Kansas years ago, did that mm-hmm. guy get a new job right away to win two games? Those are more odd hires because some of those hires are off a one-game thing. It's like, okay, they won their, won their league, 
Patriot League, SWAC, or even look what, um, I guess a little bit different from Florida Gulf Coast a couple years ago when they made the Sweet 16. But those, and he got a good job with Andy Lloyd, right? USC? Or Andy uh, Fields. Yeah. Andy Fields, yeah. right? And, yeah. But it's like, so this is more of a higher, okay, he's done it for a couple of years. He's built up. This makes more sense than, oh, we got the Randy Ray at Weber State years ago when they won a tournament game mm-hmm. or two. And like, oh, he's going to take over BYU or something. You know what I mean? Something like that. Or and, that something. and those rumors are still there pretty much, yeah. Stuff like that. And he's been there a while. That Weber State's been pretty good. But that's my point. This is not a higher to go. What, what are we getting here? We know what, they know what they're getting here. So he gets the money. He gets. Let me pull up the bonuses here. Because I'm going to do an article on this as well, just in case you like to read and not hear me talk about it. <laughs> because why not? He's going to get two and a half million per year at, at Arkansas. I'm sorry, Nevada fans, we're going over the Arkansas portion of this, so you could maybe fast forward th- sixty seconds here if you want. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a five year deal, typical twelve and a half million. Um, he will get a hundred thousand raise each time his team makes an NCAA tournament, which is fairly standard, I think. Um, not to exceed two hundred thousand. Okay, this is very interesting here. I like this. So this is Arkansas hedging their bets that he'll be really good and not to pay him for it. <laughs> Did you read this part? <laughs> well, like the first Final Four, like the first championship. In yeah, the it's first. Yeah. first. So, yeah, Musselman will get 100000 raise each time his team competes in the NCAA tournament, not to exceed $200,000 over the term. So, what they're saying is, if you make it twice, great. If you go three, four, and five, well, you still get that same amount. And so, mm. um, he can only get that bonus twice. Wouldn't it be... Well, it's cost effective. I know why they're doing it, but it's like that is a decent, a good amount. Usually, it's not a hundred k, maybe twenty k or twenty five k. You can also increase his annual compensation. Oh, that's a raise. Okay, that makes sense. So it's not a one time bonus. Okay, I that makes a little more sense there. Okay, because if it was a one time bonus, like come on, pay him each time he makes it. But that's a raise, so that's okay. That's reasonable. And then he'll get an annual compensation two hundred fifty k for the first week sixteen appearance, three fifty per year, first final four, five hundred per year with his first national title. So those yeah. can add up pretty quickly. Is that where that five? That's more than that five million that guy mentioned on Twitter. But okay, I thought it was a one-time bonus. That's a raise. So okay, that's still some pretty good incentives. So you can go far. So that could get him to three million quickly. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. By the end, it, of it, there's but, a lot of incentives on there, so that's good. Like say he makes a tournament first year, goes to a Sweet Sixteen, he's almost at three million right there. So mm-hmm. there's that. Um, if he's fired at any point, his contract Arkansas owe him. Only 70%, not the full 100% that's typically give the people when they're fired no matter what. So mm. that's interesting. If he leaves for another job, um, it's just it's a trickle down. So it's like um, – so here's the thing. If he does – if Arkansas or Tennessee does come up, this is a hefty buyout. He would owe the school $5 million if he leaves before April 30, 2021. Dang. So if he were to go <laughs> – yeah, so that, that's, a, that's a good – I like that. And then it drops, okay. it drops quite a bit to – a yearly from May to April to one half million, one million, then seven fifty, and then Nevada earned a million bucks. There you go. Here's Nevada side. Come back, folks. Wolfpack fan, listen up. You get a million bucks <laughs> for breaking the contract. So, um, random other bonuses for season tickets, blah blah blah, car allowance, whatever. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Here's the full contract below. I don't need to read that. Cool. Good for him. I would say this. Um, so let's get to the Nevada side. What should they What should they pay for a new coach? Because they get a million bucks from Arkansas, they can use as they wish. I do wish though, really quick, they should get a home and home in this as well. That should something should be done as well down the road. You mean with Arkansas? Yeah, why not? That happens typically. As part of, well, well, okay, maybe not typically. Let me rephrase that. I'm thinking of the Florida Gators when they took um, Jim McElwain for football. The Florida kind of balked at paying the full buyout, so to to offset that. They agreed to 
not a home and home, but play one in Gainesville and then one in Denver where the where the Broncos play. So I they like that. so there's that. I like that too. Mm-hmm. Like sure, pay eight hundred thousand, but you get a, a home game with Arkansas. You know what I mean? Something like that. And Arkansas, Colorado State has a home and home with Arkansas in basketball. So come on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean that I. You know, that's a good way to do it, I think, because a lot of these mid-major coaches or mid-major programs are hungry for good power conference teams on their non-conference schedule. So I think that would be a pretty good deal if they could set that up, but I don't know if it will. Even if it's down the road a couple years, maybe not next year, but maybe do like in – even if he's not there, but two years down the road. That's kind of what the Mm -hmm. Florida-Colorado State thing did. McElwain wasn't even the coach when they played this year. It's past year of football, so there's that. But I always like that, too. Maybe if you don't want to pay the full buyout, you're balking out. Like, hey, UCLA, listen up. Maybe you can learn a few things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So what do you think? Okay, let's go ahead and Nevada. I've been hogging here. Who would be – okay, if you go to uh, Chris Marie, it's 25 candidates. Excessive, (laughs) I would say. (laughs) Um, I looked at a Boston Bracket has five. And then Reno Gazette has, I think, eight. And so if we're going to kind of make our own list here, which you're working on as well, who are like some of your top guys on the list that they should be looking I, for? Yeah, so I have six on my list. Good, that's top, reasonable. I, yeah, <laughs> you think that's more reasonable. Um, I try to narrow it on the ones that I think could like very much legit be considered here. And so I do have um, Gus Arginal, who's the current assistant coach with the staff. He uh, is, is the in-house choice if there is one. I'm pretty confident that he'll be – at least in consideration for the head coaching job. He has already, I believe, interviewed with Idaho State. Um, so he's, yes, he's he's primed to become a head coach, I think, pretty soon. And now with Musselman leaving, I think there's a good chance that he'll be a head coach at least somewhere the following season. So I think uh, he, he knows a lot of recruits. He's he's done his time, so I think he's a, a pretty good candidate. Uh, Travis Takir from Montana, his name seems to come up a lot. I believe he just signed a bo- uh, signed an extension with Montana, so that makes things a little bit uh, more uh, more hesitant for Nevada to sign him. But uh, he's done a tremendous job there and, and knows the area pretty well. Russell Turner from UC Irvine, who mm-hmm. was rumored to be involved at Cal, I have him on the list as well. He's been with UC Irvine. I believe since the early 2000s, uh, he's been there a long time. 187 career wins overall. One, yeah, 101 wins in Big West play. Tw- average yeah, yeah, 23 wins in seven job. years. So he's he's a winner. Yeah, and uh, one tournament game this year is a 13 seed, so his stock's pretty high right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he knows California and that West Coast area really well. I do have Dave Rice on here too, and you can you can scoff at it if you want, but I think he's done a good enough job these last few years to be considered a reasonable candidate to get a head coaching job again soon. And I think a lot of people expect that to happen within either this year or next year or um, whenever the case may be. So it's still a a little weird to have Nevada be considering former UNLV guys. (laughs) I've seen Marvin Menzies' name come up a lot, which I do not get. No. So I, I don't know why his name's come up a lot, not because it's a knock on Menzies, but just Nevada has pretty much manhandled Menzies under Musselman and you know, picking up a fired UNLV head coach I just do not think would sit well with Nevada at all. Um, then the final two names, I have uh, Joe Pasternak from UC Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. His name is also in kind of an interesting one that brings an asterisk next to it because his name has been involved in the FBI investigation yeah. for when he was on the Arizona staff recruiting um, Brian Bowen, so that is an interesting deal but he's done a good job with the gauchos and then the final name is david paget uh who was the 
interim head coach after Rick Pitino at Louisville, and that's I thought right. he did a really good job, and he's from Nevada, so that's a name that comes up as well. And so those are my candidate lists for right now. Good, you kept it you kept it slim. I was looking at yeah. some, some list on there, I'm like, really, Steve Alford? No. Really, this guy? No. I mentioned Randy Ray because he saw that no, just because, not that he's a bad coach, but... He's been at Weaver State for 13 years and not going to do much of anything else. Quick question. Rex Walters is on staff. Did you see what his official title is? I thought he's associate head coach. He's assistant to the to the head coach. So yeah, he's, some, so some he's the Dwight Yeah, the Dwight Stewart of the Nevada Hoops. <laughs> yes. I saw that too. That was pretty good. I just double checked now. Like, wait a minute. So there's a lot of good names on there. Um, a couple things to consider too. I guess a couple names I like. There's what Doug Newth wants AD there, wants a guy who had head coaching experience because that's kind of what he's hired before. So I may take away like the, uh, the Gonzaga assistant people are talking about um, who else is on your assistants, maybe even assistants on staff that some mm-hmm. people are looking into um, who we got here. I'm trying to go through all these, this huge list here I had earlier. Like people, like, did you mention Gus Arganel as one of the guys? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Has he been a head coach anywhere besides division two? Uh, he was at D2 Cal state East Bay for four yeah. years. Okay. And that's nearby. It's, San Jose area essentially up there so recruiting could help out with that um, but seriously Rex Walters wasn't he at San Francisco the year before a couple years ago yeah he Big has made uh, head coach? coaching stops too I know he's been a head coach somewhere I think it pretty sure you're right yeah they're yeah. San Francisco and FAU San Francisco yeah so he, he could be reasonably like he, and he's a decent name too people maybe remember him in NBA career reasonably well wasn't he the Phoenix Suns head coach do you want to say or did he play with the Suns um, he no, he played with the Net Sixers and Heat, but he okay. was with uh, FAU in San Francisco as a head coach. I wonder where I got the Suns mixed. I know that's Dan Marley there, and he's not coming either. So on that list, no, he's not going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I did notice. Um, well, those are some good names, but what they want to bring in? Oh, well, I do like Mark Pope, but looking at who they have on there, not going to happen. Sorry, but yeah, uh, unfortunate news for me. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking through I'm like there's a lot of decent names I've done a bit more I've done more than him so maybe he'll just go to BYU and go somewhere else down the road or just mm-hmm. at EVU and win two games next year and be going to a bigger job like um, whatever it opens up next time down the road there you go. it's fired from FBI investigation <laughs> yeah. finally yeah but ask them what they want to bring in um, for those guys I like the um, I'm actually the guy who I like the most do you have a favorite let me ask you that before I get into mine do you have anybody you would think would be like the first top choice or um, well, within Reno, Nevada area, it's no surprise that I think Gus would be the pick. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've spoken to some other people, and they think that it, to prevent having to blow up the whole program and all the forward momentum that's happened under Musselman these past four years, I think Gus is your pick because he can still keep things intact um, in terms of recruiting and what the program represents. So I think... I, I think he needs to be at least one of the top two, top three choices. And I know in-house isn't always flashy and that doesn't, it doesn't always pan out, but I think um, Gus has done some great things the last few years and it would be a really good choice. And I do like David Padgett quite a bit too. I think that what he did the year after Patino um, was, was fired from Louisville, I thought was pretty impressive. And that was a really good coaching job on his part. He's from the Nevada area and he would be well-received. So I think those two are pretty good. And then if you can make a a, a uh, move towards DeCure or Turner, like those are proven mm-hmm. mid-major West Coast guys. So there are some quality candidates in here. I'm, I'm curious to see where Nevada goes and which candidates emerge. If it's anyone besides like those four guys that I mentioned, I'd be 
pretty surprised and I'd probably a little hesitant unless some um, name comes out of nowhere that is impressive. I'm not quite sure if that's going to happen. Rick <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> we can dream, huh? Or it's like Thad Bonner or something crazy. Uh, name like that, oh, yeah, Thad Bonner. But who, who do you like then? I, it depends too. Like the in-house makes sense because it's a trans- they've been bringing in so many transfers. Some are going to be eligible, so the guys who are going to be eligible next year aren't going to go again because that's like a, a waste of like three years of their basketball career. So those guys are very likely staying. So I do think in-house could be the best move because of that. Because, But plus, like I hate to say the players are kind of stuck there. The guys who transferred last year are now eligible. Maybe they get a waiver, so I'm going kind of deep to thinking about this. But if you want to keep those guys happy, and other players, even like Jordan Brown or other guys who are going to see playing time, there's a chance they could go more likely for bringing an outside coach in a, a higher from within who they already know. So that probably makes the most sense. I, From a guy not on staff, I like Russell Turner the most because, yes, I mentioned before, oh, he had that one random NCAA tournament victory. Yeah, but he's been – look what he's done at UC Irvine for the past decade almost. Mm-hmm. He's been to the uh, NIT a couple times, CIT, so he's going to postseason play. Let's whatever CIT – what, not a big deal, but must with that one first year CBI. He's winning conference titles, finishing the top of the conference. He's what won four titles and set and finished second in six years. Mm-hmm. Count Sanford wanted him. I think he's probably the best, my top choice overall from an outside, not hiring from within. Yeah, I, I mean he's he's a great candidate, and that's why his name has come up with some of these power conference jobs. Like I mean, Cal couldn't get him. Uh, Stanford also made a look at him, so. Uh, it'll be interesting. I think he'll probably be in the running. A dark horse hire? I like Tim Miles to come back to Mountain West. I don't know if I like that no, one. No, why not? What's, what's the... I, I just, I don't know. I like Tim Miles, uh, but I just, that feels kind of like the wrong move in my opinion. I, I, I feel who? like you need for to get, him? for Tim Nevada. Okay. Yeah, because I think you need to get one of these coaches that is, is, uh, it's gonna sound like a slight to Miles, but like having forward momentum and his and his like yeah, working no, towards building too. something, you know, because I feel like Miles has pretty much peaked getting the Nebraska job, and he's probably going to be at the mid major level for quite some time if, unless he goes into like broadcasting or something. So I, it's it's tough. I I don't think that he would do a bad job at Nevada because I I do believe he's a good coach, but I think the way that the program has progressed the last four years, it's as healthy as it's ever been i don't know if grabbing a fired power conference coach is the way to go but i it, it does make a lot of sense why he would be rumored to go there he would be a good coach but I get your point why do you want a coach who's just fired yeah it's that's the thing yeah so i'm betting miles he's not going to coach this year or be an assistant he'll be head coach sooner than later but then though that does make a lot of sense like you want the momentum going forward where yeah yep. we got good job you got a coach who was fired <laughs> yeah that's the thing it, it doesn't really rub people the right way no even though i think it he like I said, it could make sense. So what will Nevada pay? They paid, what is it? I mentioned this earlier, 350000 from the athletic department. Or no, excuse me, six fifty. got it backwards. Three fifty coming from donors, and Musk was making just over a million. They get the million-dollar buyout from Arkansas. I'm wondering, and they offered Musselman super, not offered, but it was only getting 400000 a year when he started. Yeah. So, I, I mean, you think the salary window is pretty wide open, wouldn't you think? I would think so. It also, I think the main thing, reading some different stuff online, like what the donors are paying, will they be willing to chip in for that same amount? Because that's that's a pretty big deal. Like, cause let's just say, for example, they take that 350000 stays the same. That's good. Say the school will pay probably 
slightly less because you, so let's say they get the big West coach or, you know I mean? Some coach that's not in the major school, which you're not going to get anyways. Mm-hmm. They'll pay them more, but pay, they'll get more salary that coach, but less from Nevada paying overall. So let's just say they offer seven fifty. No, not sorry, not seven. No, um, rephrase that. Um, yeah, like eight, like eight hundred overall. So if they get three fifty from that, that's what four fifty or four hundred fifty thousand. That would put a middle of the pack in the conference. I think that's reasonable, right? And then they could take that million dollars and say they only spend two hundred thousand over the life of the contract, like fifty thousand a year or something. To boost the pay, you know, what I mean, the pay that school doesn't really. Yeah, have that, pay. that would that would be a pretty solid number. I would I would say. I think that'd be good. I think between seven eight hundred thousand would be what they what they should pay overall. Mm-hmm. But also that depends. Like, will the alumni or boosters pay similar amounts? And that can get you a pretty good coach too, especially in, in this conference. That's a solid number to have. Yeah, it does. I'm trying to see. I, I had the contract stuff recently about here what the coaches are paying with the TJ post, but also to consider. Really quick, too, down the road. I don't know if this will be considered this contract, but me and Matt did a show yesterday about the American new contract for football and basketball. They're getting about $7 million per year per school, which is like a fourfold increase. Mountain West, if they get the same amount, might get them around $6-plus million. That's something to consider as well, if they can roll that in or maybe budget that into back-end the contractor incentive-wise. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but I, I think – I don't think seven, eight hundred thousand is unrealistic, especially for a program that still has – plenty of talent coming back right yeah I, I don't think it's unrealistic it might be a bit on the high end uh, so, but I, I but that million dollar does help quite a bit I would think whatever and they, they can use that for the new head coaching hire so either way the program is in such better shape than it was last time they were looking for a head coach and uh, a lot of that is thanks to Musselman and his staff and what they did so if they can build off of this pick up a good head coach and continue to reach that 20 win benchmark and compete for tournament titles and i think this program's in really good shape yeah i think as well i'm trying to see where's that i i can't find i had to post here i must have lost it somewhere about this coaching thing but he should be new coach should be what at worst fourth in a conference for current pay yeah probably in that like middle high tier yeah and also what also is not good about this it takes um not takes a minute but the timing's not great either because that second recruiting window is coming up right now. Yeah, that's the thing. They got to move quick because first you got to keep the guys on staff or on roster. Guys could transfer in, obviously. May possibly way the portals going now. Waivers seem more likely than not to happen, which is fine. Go, I don't mm-hmm. care about that. That's what you want to do. But keep those guys and get a few others. But like, do you think next year? Like, I know you wrote your, your ridiculously early piece. Do you kind of stand where they'd finish next year at this moment? Assuming, let's just say the roster stays the same. Do you think they still finish a top two or three team? I think it's still very much dependent on the coach, which is kind of the vanilla answer. But <laughs> if they like, if they pick up a good head coach, one of the guys that I named here, uh, or like any of the other yeah. strong candidates, I think they're probably still in position to finish in the top four in the Mountain West because they still have one of the better rosters too. So, that's part of it too. Yeah, assume me. I know the coach. Like, oh, it depends who the coach is, but also depends who stays. I, I found the piece right here for the coaching salary. So right now you have uh, Oldenburger one point one. Dutcher is now moved up to two with Musselman going eight hundred to five thousand. Medved seven hundred. Leon Rice six seventy five. Craig Smith six fifty. Paul Weir six twenty five. I think about six to seven hundred, probably where they should be to get a decent coach. I think they'll probably be in that. Yeah, probably six hundred to seven hundred window. I would I would imagine, but it would be crazy if they ended up with a higher 
paid coach than Leon Rice. Leon's got to get his money, man. I know. What's going on there? Who's in charge? Who's his agent? Can I be his agent? Can I go vouch for you? Yeah. Where's Leon's got to get his money. Where's Nick Duncan to go throw some middle fingers That's at the right. AG athletic <laughs> department to get some, some cash? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He, he, I think he deserves one six fifty. I think he's done a good job. Yeah, I think it should be yeah, a little bit higher. And then, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But that makes sense because I don't know what these other guys make, but I'm pretty sure they're not making 700000 most of these other guys. Mm-hmm. particularly on staff guys. So as for when a hire would take place, I would, this is turning slowly into New Mexico territory or UNLV territory a couple years ago. Yeah. Where not that they're going to lose a coach that gets hired like Chris Beard and UNLV, but timing is crappy with recruiting period, the all the summer stuff coming up pretty soon. Uh, they got to make a hire within a week, right? It's got to move quick. I think if 10 if- days, if they're strongly considering Gus to be the guy, they just do it now and keep everything intact. But if they need to look, if they miss a recruiting window to make sure they have the right coach, I don't think that's bad. Like it, the trade off for one recruiting date for finding the right head coach for the next X amount of years, I think is a reasonable trade off. So either pick Gus now or just just take your time with the head coaching hire and, and do a good job with that. Because if they rush and end up with a head coach who does a bad job and you're going back to like what the Trent Johnson days were or something like that, then like, you lose all the momentum that moment, uh, that uh, Musselman and his staff built and you just can't afford to do that. Yeah, it's so it's yeah. if they're going – yeah, if you if you see it right away, if it's – sooner it means in, in-house, but they got to get coaches to interview however they do it. But – there, we'll know more. Isn't um, isn't Nevada having a press conference itself with Doug Newth like today or tomorrow? I think so. So that'll give us some more information. What they're looking for? It'll be we're national. Here, I'll give you the press conference now. Uh, we want to thank Muslim for his years of service. He helped build the program to uh, national relevance. We want to keep that going. So we want a coach that'll keep that vision for Nevada Wolfpack. Battleborn here. Hashtag keep winning. And <laughs> if we want, yeah, we just want a coach who knows how to. It's something lame like that. It's going to be the most generic press conference as they all are because usually they're kind of, kind of lame. But he might give an insight. I don't think he'll give any names, but at least what I'm looking for is probably a timeline. And I'm somebody better ask him about pay, about what are they looking to pay a new coach yeah. and get some sort of generic answer where it probably won't be what Muslim is getting, but we'll be competitive in the top tier in the Mountain West because that's where we stand. Again, generic lame answer. But yeah. that's probably what's going to happen. So. We'll see what's going on. You're going on your trip, so you'll be out of out of a while for a while, out of pocket yeah. for a while. So you're going to be far away, not knowing. Well, not know, not maybe not not knowing, but maybe behind with that time change. But you are in the future, so maybe you'll know some stuff. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. I'll be in the future. I'll be uh, eight hours ahead of all of you guys. Eight hours. So is your flight? Uh, I'm not. Well, do you, do you, are you blessed with a nonstop flight from where you're going, or do you have to stop like in Chicago or New York or it's, something? It's it's nonstop because my my first stop is in Iceland, and so I'm I'm staying there for a couple of days because they have the layover deal with Alaska, so you kind of have that you can make that layover stop uh, in Iceland. So I, I'm staying there for a couple of days and checking out Reykjavik. So that'll be fun. That's, you should go check out where they filmed Aquaman. Aquaman. Oh so yeah, where's, where's that? At? I it's don't like, know. It's somewhere in I, somewhere in Iceland. I just oh. remember that's where they filmed it from, and there's a tourist boom in that town. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's in the capital or wherever, but that's not bad. I, I know a lot of people yeah. do that in Europe. They, they'll go like they'll go to trip where they have like a instead of the typical thirty minute to two hour four hour layover, it's like uh, eighteen hours or something or oh geez, yeah. so, something like that where you can go do something or kind of like mm-hmm. what you're doing. So that'll be fine. So that's, that's better than like five hours where you're just kind of stuck at the airport, don't really know what to do. So yeah, it'll be so, fun to be there for a couple of days. No, that's good. Get those type of, type of flights. So have fun. And 
Thank you. We'll, we'll see what's going on. Well, deserved basketball season ends. Go go chill and wherever you're going out there in Europe, Iceland and every everywhere else. Go yeah. Go have some weird food. See if they have ham there for me. Let me know how their hams oh, are different. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be sure to. Icelandic ham. Let me know yeah. <laughs> what's that like. That's right. <laughs> Oh, that's a good way to end this. So we'll keep, keep everybody updated on what's going on over the next couple of weeks. We'll, or hopefully not weeks, right? A couple of days. And when you're back, um, maybe we'll get a couple more hoops podcasting once we know the coach. Looking ahead to 2019, 2020. And yeah, check us out, mwr.com.